It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome back to another edition of the Redirect Podcast. It is episode eight, uh, and this happens to actually be... Uh, let's see, is it Wednesday? Uh, July 12th. We're recording on a Wednesday, not on a Friday like we normally do, uh, because I'm traveling, so that's why. Uh, so I'm once again welcomed uh, by my colleagues Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck Media Marketing Team, and uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in and talk about this week what um, things that we're reading from an industry side, what does it mean, and are there actions that you should be taking uh, and things that you should be thinking about. So um, do you guys want to lead off or do you want me to lead off? Doesn't doesn't matter. I can start. Cool. I would like to share today an article I read on um, Seer Interactive's site um, called The Future of SEO in Automotive and Infotainment Systems. Ooh. Yeah. We actually shared this on um, Twitter yesterday, I believe, but... Um, I really wanted to discuss this because it, it's relevant to me. I am um, newly leasing a VW um, Jetta that has um, a pretty good integration with my smartphone. But this article is talking about how vehicles and vehicle manufacturers are just, you know, not willing to make the investment of um, incorporating. Uh, an interface in the car that could be used as kind of a um, a mobile device where we don't have to rely on our phones. Hmm. Um, so I, I just thought it was a really interesting angle to think about. Um, one of the subheads in the article was um, a different kind of mobile SEO um, because they're just talking about how this might look in the future, especially because Tesla is one of the only vehicles right now that... Um, can receive software updates like our phones can. Oh. So um, I think they're just interesting things coming down the line as far as that goes. Yeah, I think Ford Sync, you still have to like plug a USB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and didn't you you went through that yeah. whole process in your truck? Yeah, right? North. Yeah, I have a, yeah, I have a 2013 Ford, and I went through the process as laid out on the site, and it didn't work. And I asked the dealership if they could just update it for me real quick with their proprietary equipment and they said yeah but it'll be 50 to 100 dollars to do wow wow yeah so um the article mentioned how volkswagen cadillac and chevrolet and some other um, brands are um helping to supplement the current infotainment systems gap and make the technology more user-friendly so i actually have a really um good system i feel in my Jetta, um, but I do have to plug in my phone through a USB to um, to be able to use the apps on my phone. Yeah. And there's only certain apps that you can use while you're driving. Yeah, because um, it's right, disabled. Right. It, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so they were talking about how you use your phone for navigation and, mm. and, and messaging, that sort of thing. You can use the voice commands in your car. And so, I mean, takeaways for now, I mean, I don't think this is anything that's going to that's gonna change too much in the near future, but they were reiterating um, the importance of um, optimizing for voice search because that's what people are going to be doing from their cars and um, local SEO. So there you go. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into that because I think it's a perfect segue into the 
two, if not more, articles that I've been reading. Um, so everybody, we're so we're it's the twelfth. We're coming off of Amazon Prime Day, which was which was seven eleven Amazon Prime Day, and and there's a lot of um, I'm fascinated by that. Just from there's a lot of business puns that say like, oh, it's it's taking over Black Friday and they're killing it. And I mean, read your headline and it's probably a little misleading. The headlines that I was reading was that they, you know, uh, they've had record sales dominated dupl- uh, maybe like duplicate triple mm-hmm. what they did uh, for lack of better phrasing of like Amazon Echo and the dot. So they're home devices, if you will. What they're not saying in a lot of those, like Business Insider publications and stuff, until you really get in the meat of that, is that that they sold it at fifty percent off of what it was last year. So of course people right. are going to be um, more interested to buy. Mm-hmm. Let alone too, you know, if we looked at this point in time last year, home devices really, you know, in the past of twelve months have just blown up. Mm-hmm. Which is why as SEOs we talk about natural mm-hmm. natural language search and and voice to text and how those are are becoming more important. So uh, that's my lead in to um, a couple different articles actually from Search Engine Land kind of back to back. So this one was from yesterday. Uh, Jim Yu on the 11th talks about keynotes on optimizing for voice search, conversation, content, and context. Patrick's looking across from me like, damn it, you sold, stole my idea. <laughs> And then the other one was the report on, so 43% of millennials have made a voice device purchase in the past year. Mm. So Patrick, maybe we can just tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were your key takeaways on, I guess, on the, optimizing for voice I think search? I think you were getting ready to say it too, but there's a line in there that said, recognizing the differences between market growth versus consumer adoption. Mm. You know, totally. yeah, Amazon can sell a bunch of their Echoes and maybe Echo growth is going crazy, but... Are consumers using it? Mm-hmm. You know, it, I that was the biggest thing I took away too. And it's like, um, although at the beginning of that article um, of mobile searches, twenty percent are done by voice. Mm-hmm. That was another big one too. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on with this article too is I experienced usage of the Google Home over the weekend by um, a large group of people. Um, so I was at my in-laws' cottage, and there was eight kids in the house. And there's a Google Home, and they were fighting over it. Or not Google Home. Is it Google Home? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, yep. Or the Google Assistant, whatever, the, the white thing. <laughs> Google uh, Home. Yeah. Uh, and they were fighting it over it. It looks like an old uh, Renew Air Fryer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Google. And um, they were trying to play music. And the kids were all outside, and I was prepping for dinner or something, and I, I said, okay, Google, and I played my playlist that I wanted to, which unfortunately comes directly from YouTube. Mm-hmm. But then they came running in, and then they heard the music change, and they started fighting over which music they wanted to play, and they're all shouting, mm-hmm. okay, Google commands. And there's no, uh, I just did some research on is there um, unique voice recognition. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your own your own voice. Like, I want I want Patrick's voice, or I want Ashley's voice. Who was it that just did it? Who did the update this week on um, it's your voice is going to do the callback? We shared it um, through social channels. It's... It's um, you're able to record your voice and it will give you the prompts and the updates back in your voice, which would be super creepy. Oh, oh like, yeah. yes. I don't uh, want to hear myself navigate. Yeah. Ways. Ways, yeah, yeah, the Ways app. So um, I, I think the, the adaptation side of it, which is which is interesting because what, what Jim didn't mention in here that I didn't put, pull out anyways was we've talked about it in previous episodes is that, that something like true... I, 
true adaptation or adaptation of of these devices wasn't really going to hit quote unquote mainstream mm. or be like okay right until it hit like over ninety percent accuracy. But we're already we're yeah. already there. Yeah. I mean, just even if you compare um, my Google Assistant inside of the Pixel versus um, a couple different iterations of Siri and and your iOS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's night and day difference in terms oh, yeah. of the accuracy right. that you get in data, but um, very much the the near and by me and what abouts and um, they're leading more toward the conversation side of it. Just we just got back from a meeting and I used Google Maps to to help navigate around some construction and stuff, and you can interact with Google Maps in that same fashion you can you don't have to say okay google i can strictly say tell me my next turn or something Mm. like that i can't remember what the prompt is there's a there's a specific cadence Mm. to that prompt but you can actually have the conversation of tell me what my next turn is Mm. right and that's always been my beef we've talked about it patrick is like his gps or maps going back to sears blog post of in car like has that made us dumber and not knowing where we're going. Like, I always like to know what my next turn is. And quite frankly, Google and GPS are never fast enough for mm-hmm. me to know, like, okay, in a mile, turn right. Great. Yeah. On what? Mm-hmm. You know? So um, the natural speaking things. Yeah, that was the, the big thing in here, too, is the, the conversational. I wrote down um, nuances of conversational search, you know, and that's it. It all comes down to local Mm-hmm. I think it's all, it's obviously content on page is going to be important, but the, the bigger picture, the off-site optimizations mm-hmm. that take place through local that will help searches find you. Oh, so all the, all the various citation sources, I yeah. think they mentioned in there, it's not just uh, Google My Business, Yelp, Bing, uh, Apple Maps, which yeah. we very mm-hmm. often probably overlook, um, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't, um, because does Apple Maps power Siri? Yeah. By default, yeah, right. Mm. So make sure you're also editing, optimizing Apple Maps as yeah. well. And it's 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 still got a lot of flaws. We were driving home from the UP this week in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and we decided to stop at a, a brewery that my wife is friends with the owner in Mackinac City. And while we're driving southbound on the Mackinac Bridge, the seven mile long bridge, it my wife searched it. And she gives out grumbling, and I'm like, "What's going on?" She, this is routing me to Mackinac Island oh. before we go to Mackinac <laughs> City. <laughs> oh, I'm like, do you have it on walk? Does it show that you're swimming? What, what is it doing? Uh, Switch to submarine. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the bridge while driving. It's impossible not to. Um, but we ended up just getting on the other side of the bridge and plugging it into uh, Google Maps versus Apple Maps, and it got mm-hmm. us right there. But mm-hmm. what triggered that to go out to the island? Because we are currently over water when it happened, but we were on a bridge. So there's a lot of failures hmm. in certain areas of things. Which is why it's not used as much. Right, right. And I think, I think too, Apple, and it's known up until even recently, they finally have kind of admitted they, they, didn't, they didn't put that much focus on Siri. You know, so let's not go down the rabbit hole too far. But back right. to search intent. Right. Um, so the, the step one, one through four that, that Jim talks about optimizing for voice search and Jim's very uh, reputable. I mean, he's the CEO of bright edge. So, uh, bright edge is a very well, well-known, um, software in the SEO industry. Great, great product, great tool from an enterprise perspective. 
Um, so think conversational intent, target the long tail, master mobile and go local, and then build out structured content. And I think really all of those do, uh, you know, semantically all of those play well together. So uh, conversational intent is um, natural speaking, mm-hmm. understanding that we speak faster than we typically will do a search and we mm-hmm. speak more naturally and it's conversational. So, um, but still trying to get back to the core of what, what is your intent? What was even your intent in reading the article and understanding that? Um, the long tail, I mean, um, yeah. trying to understand that more in depth um, becomes more challenging. Um, and then the whole mobile mobile local you know if your site's not not optimized from a mobile perspective are you ever going to win at the local perspective or at the same time um, if you're not winning your and taking ownership of your local positions then it's not going to help you either way so so that's really that's really interesting there too did you have another part? Yeah, no. I, you had to have a backup. Yeah, I, I didn't have a backup. <laughs> I, was, I was banking on that one because it was on search, voice search, and that's kind of what my always been my go-to thing is because I'm kind of uh, obsessed with it. If I see an article about it, I dig into it. And so I didn't get a backup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think, you know, kind of, Kind of as a good maybe follow up, and we can we can touch base on this. I think this is very important. You know, it's very timely. Um, there's been a lot of chatter about net neutrality, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that we would not be. Um, Black Truck would not be in the position that it is now as a company. Uh, I would not have. Uh, neither would any of you in this in this room be in your career if it. Um, you know, if we didn't talk about net net neutrality and the simple principles. Um, there was a really great article that Russ Jones from Moz posted. Um, and he really broke it down. You know, the, the, the internet service provider should enable access to all content and applications regardless of the source and without favoring or blocking particular products or websites. This is, this is, this is basic principles, kind of free speech online, if you will. But if the FCC moves toward uh, retracting those policies um, in the interest of public good, i.e. large corporations, mm-hmm. um, that f- those freedoms that we have now are not uh, going to be uh, available to us. And that can be, well, totally there's an economic play here from us, right? We, we work in the online world. Uh, we do by, good by our clients to help them rank better, to drive more traffic. Well, if other parties involved get to throttle that, get to control who mm-hmm. sees what, when, mm-hmm. where, that obviously affects our industry. Um, but what, what I guess what Russ really did a good job of was, was breaking down more, let's just say the, the humanity side of it that people aren't understanding. Mm-hmm. And so if you've, if you've done your diligence, you work in the industry or not, I think it's those in the industry are concerned about it, meaning those in the tech sector get it and understand it. Uh, individuals outside of that don't because it, it's very gray. But think about this. He, he points out 911 call centers. Clinical video, so telemedicine uh, for for anybody, for veterans, for anybody. Online education, uh, things of that. So those are the top three that he talks about is that um, there's a lot of voice over IP. Pretty much a majority of your your phone services now are are VoIP. What's going to happen if big corporation gets involved and controls that and, and starts to throttle that? What happens to you know, uh, 911 call centers that have migrated to IP technology mm-hmm. um, when their infrastructure was modernized. 
um, video telehealth, um, what happens there, online education, K-12 students and their teachers. Um, he brought a good point up. By 2014, 75% of all U.S. districts offered some form of online education, um, and that helps, or blended tech, and that helps with individuals who might have learning disabilities mm -hmm. and can't physically be in a classroom every day, individuals who just struggle with attention, and or maybe it's summer school, and, and they can take that class online versus having to go someplace. So there's a lot of different examples, and, uh, and I think we would be a, a fool to not mention it um, and, and kind of stand on our soapbox for a minute and say that... Um, we really need to understand net neutrality and respect it and, um, you know, be opposed to retracting anything. Yes. Just going to put that out there. So thank you for making that a part of this. It's, it's, I put my name on the list. Yeah, I think it's good. So, um, you know, uh, unfortunately maybe it's a little too, too late. Um, but at the same time, keep voicing our opinions about that as being hopefully good business leaders and stewards of uh of the online community and and what we're here to do and and do honest things so in closing <laughs> uh not to close on a somber note uh so i'm headed out to mozcon uh which will start up on monday uh i'm gonna be out there uh for the whole thing i'm gonna fly out tomorrow and uh and be there for about a week um so i'm looking forward to networking i'm looking forward to bringing that knowledge back to the entire team uh share some bits and pieces that that i learned while i was there um, definitely in the, in the next episode that we'll record. So, um, <clears throat> until then, I guess good luck this week, carry on and we will connect. This has been the redirect podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.